So I'll be sharing with you this morning, and I'm excited about the message that uh, the Lord's placed on my heart. And, uh, and the, uh, the subject, you know, most of us, most of us, a lot of us have heard this particular statement. And, um, and uh, you know, how, how many of us believe it? God is faithful. God is faithful. Now, I'm just going to let you all know, sometimes I get a little bit excited, but it's okay. All right? It's all right. God is faithful. Um, so, you know, the basis of our, faithful, uh, our faith in understanding who God is, you know, how do we know that he's faithful? When your faith is being tested and it seems as though your prayers are being unanswered, your plans are frustrated, what do you do? What do we do? Do we claim to be a victim? Do we trust the Lord and, and keep moving forward? What is happening in my life? Some of you may be asking. What's happening right now? I've never been down this road before. I'm speaking to you all from personal experience, too. Is God genuinely faithful? Do we judge God, listen, by our circumstances? Do we judge him by our circumstances? All of us, all of us experience situations and circumstances that if we look at them, the circumstances, we will be tempted to think, is God faithful in this incident? Is he faithful in this? I've never been through this before. I've never been down this way. I've never went this direction. Is he faithful in this? We judge God sometimes, and we should not. We judge God sometimes by the waters the rivers, the fires of life. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. And we're going to start with verse number one. All the scriptures, most of them that I'll be reading today will be out of the New King James. New King James. Isaiah 43 and verse one, it reads, but now thus says the Lord, not man. Who created you, my child. And so what I do, I put my name there. You can put your name there. Thus says the Lord who created you, T. And he who formed you, T. You, and I wrote there with a pencil in front of that word fear. Because he's telling you who created you. He's telling us who formed you, and he's saying to you, because I created you, because I formed you, because I'm faithful, you fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. So he's making it personal. 
And as I've shared with you before, and I was sharing with Norm this morning, is that, you know, when I was working on my previous job, I would walk out in the morning and look in the sky, and it's dark, and I see all those stars. I say, Heavenly Father, you created all of these beautiful stars, and, and you're concerned about little old me and my circumstances and situations? And he reveals that even in his word. In Psalms 89, Romans chapter 1, verse number 2, it says, uh, when you pass, say pass, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Look at, look back, and some of these scriptures you may not see up here. You can leave that up there. It's, it's not their fault. Up there is it's my fault. I didn't give it to them. Okay, so if you don't see it up there, it's not on them. It's on T. All right. But I want to look back real quick at uh, Isaiah 42, the previous chapter. It says in verse six, it says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. In other words, I, the Lord, have called you in your right standing in Christ Jesus. I have called you. You haven't called yourself. You haven't put yourself there. I've placed you there, whether you feel like it or not. You're standing strong in him, in his righteousness, in his faithfulness, and will hold your hand. He didn't say I was just going to walk and tell you to come on. He's saying I'm with you right now, walking with you, holding your hand. You're with me, and I am with you. I will, not maybe, because I'm faithful, I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people. In other words, I will glorify myself through you in your circumstance. As you walk with me, both believers and unbelievers will look at you and say, how are you staying sane? How are you keeping your peace? How is it that you've gone through all you walked through and you still have the joy of the Lord. As a covenant to the people. In other words, he's going to put you out there and glorify himself through you in any and every circumstance as a light to the Gentiles or to the unbelievers. So let's go back to Isaiah 43. And verse, let's pick up in the middle of verse number uh, one, what we were talking about. You fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. Once again, personal. You are mine. If you would say this, please say, I am his. I am his. Oh, man, that's personal. You belong to him and he belongs to you. I'm his. And because I'm his, you know, he's so faithful. To me, to you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk, not stand, through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. So he, we're talking about how he's holding our hand. He's walking with you in his faithfulness through the waters of life, through the rivers of life, 
through the fires of life. Because Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tests, temptation, trial, trib- but be of good cheer because, because I have overcome this world for you. So as I'm holding your hand, you may not see where you're going, but you're going with him, and he's faithful. Verse number three, for I am, not will be, I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba, Seba, in your place. So he's saying all these things to us. He's saying who he is. He's reminding himself, or, or you all, of who he is to us. He's saying, listen, because I'm faithful, because you're mine, because you belong to me, because I'm holding your hand, you are going to make it through the rivers of life because I'm faithful. You're going to make it through the waters. We may be standing in the waters, and the waters may be up to here. On our tippy toes. Oh my goodness, am I going to make it through this? But just keep walking. Keep walking. Because he's faithful. God is faithful. I'm going to be saying that quite a few times. God is faithful. Neither should we determine God's faithfulness based on what a man, listen, or woman do or don't do. We base his faithfulness one way is by his word, his promises. That's a key way. We are not in control. We are in control of what we believe, of what we choose to believe. We are in control of that, of what we choose to believe. And when we know his word, we know his promises. We're familiar with his word. It's easier to believe in the difficult times. But I'm telling you, we face those times when it's like, man, is he going to come through for this incident? For me, during this time, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul here is encouraging the Corinthians. And he's, 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 he's stirring them up and encouraging them because he wants them to continue uh, walking with God and not just walking with him, but believing that he's faithful in every circumstance. It says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, I'm sorry, chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is, is, it, is it oxen God is concerned about? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Why is he saying that? He's encouraging the Corinthians because in the midst, in the midst of any circumstance or any situation, what is it that is written? Ask yourself that question. What is it that is written when our emotions are going wild? What is it that is written concerning God's faithfulness? 
2 Timothy chapter 2, and I just want to cover a few scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1. It's so important that as we are studying the word of God, and you know that we look at the word of God through the lens of who he is to us and who we are to him. It's so important that as we read the word of God, we see ourselves as he sees us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, You therefore, my son, you be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit, say commit, these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Verse number 3. It says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Paul here is referring to because he later on says in reference to how he has finished his course. He's kept the faith. He's ran his race. Now there's laid up for him a prize. He's encouraging Timothy in the faith. Verse number Four, it says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself or herself with the affairs of this life. See, it's hard to, to, to believe that God is faithful when we're focusing on the wrong thing. When we're looking at the wrong thing. We're looking at the affairs of this life. What's going on in the world? What's going on in our family? What's going on with our loved ones? What's going on with our friends? When we're looking at those negative things, we are getting entangled. So he's saying, loose ourselves from these entanglements or these affairs of this life and recognize who he is. God's faithfulness to us. So verse number five. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And for, uh, for which I suffer as an evildoer, even to the point of chains, but, I love this part, I love this part, Paul says, but, but the word of God is not chained, I put here, uh, I wrote in, in pencil, the word of God is not chained up, so we may feel like we're chained, we may feel like we're bound, but there's something, there's someone, there's someone on the inside of us that's freeing us, that has set us free and is so faithful that as we meditate on him and his faithfulness and his word, those chains that seem to bind us on the outside because of what rises up on the inside of us, the word of God that is not chained will loose us. And we will experience freedom because of God's faithfulness in the midst of what seems like a chained up bound situation and there's no way out. 
Verse number 10, therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Thank the Lord. He remains faithful. Oh, my goodness. How many times have I been unfaithful? But he remains faithful in his love to me, in his forgiveness, in his wisdom, in his direction. He remains faithful. God doesn't see us by what we do or don't do. He's faithful to look at us by what his son has done for us. He is faithful. He cannot deny himself. He will not deny himself. He will not. In Romans chapter 3, look at Romans chapter 3. And we can start actually with uh, verse number one. It says, what advantage then has the Jew or what profit is, uh, what is the profit of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will, will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? So what if others don't believe, but you believe? You're standing alone. You believe in God's faithfulness. You believe in God's love to you. You believe that God has answered your prayer, although it hasn't manifest. What about the others that don't believe? Verse number four, certainly not. Indeed, you, and I put you here, you can put you there, I let God be true, but every man or woman a liar. As it is written, you may also be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. In other words, it, it really doesn't matter what others believe per se concerning you. It's what you believe concerning you. Because I'm telling you, it's more, it's more difficult when others are involved, especially if it's loved ones or close ones or friends. If we're listening to what they're saying contrary to the word of God and his faithfulness, it's hard to stay on the path. But what do we believe concerning God's faithfulness? No, it may not have worked for them, but do you know different? We know different. We should know different concerning God's faithfulness. So God always does what is right. He fulfills every promise he makes, all times, all things, all circumstances. What is our proof that God is faithful? He's omnipotent. He's um, um, how you pronounce that word? Omniscient. That's a tongue twister. He's all, he has all knowledge. He's infinitely knowing and wise. He knows all our needs, wants, desires, frailties, weaknesses, 
if he didn't know all this about us, it would be difficult for him to meet our needs. So he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. I like to say he's omnipotent. <laughs> he's all-powerful. Unlimited in power and authority to and for us. How is he faithful? He's omnipresent. He's always within reach, and we're always within his reach. Remember, you know, what we talked about before concerning Peter walking on the water when he got out of the boat. And as he began to sink, Jesus reached out to him. So he was closer to Jesus than he was to the boat in the midst of a storm. So he's always within reach, and we never face situations that he is not present because he's faithful. God is faithful. He's always within reach. He cannot lie. God can't lie. God, according to Numbers 23 and verse 19, he said, I am not a man or a woman that I should lie, neither a natural or son of man that I should repent. What I've said to you, shall I not do it? What I've spoken to you, shall I not bring it to pass? What have God said to you? That at this point, because you've been in it maybe for so long, you're questioning his faithfulness. But did he speak it or did he not? And if he did, he didn't lie to you. He shall bring it to pass. Why? Because he can't lie. He's faithful. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. That's who God is. That's who your God is. That's who your father God is. He is faithful. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 and verse, I believe we'll start with verse number 1. Yes, it says, Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which are uh, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God. So he's encouraging him, he's encouraging Titus, and he's saying to him, God cannot and will not lie. If he spoke it, he's going to do it. He's going to bring it to pass because he's faithful to his words. He's faithful to his promise. It's impossible for him not to be faithful. He is faithful. You know, we were talking this morning. God is, is not just good. And I love that, what Norma had shared with me this morning. He said, God is not just good. Because he's faithful, he's good. Because he's faithful, he's love. Because he's faithful, he has joy. Because he's faithful, 
He has everything that we need because he is faithful. That's who he currently is right now. God is faithful. That's one of his I am. That's who I am. I am faithful. God is not fulfilling. If God is not fulfilling something in our lives, we have to ask the question, is this a promise of God or is this something I made up? Because if it's a promise of God, he will and is fulfilling it. Also, if someone else is involved. See, we or God, we do not have control, as I mentioned before, of that person's will. So sometimes we may be believing concerning something, but what are they believing? What is he or she believing? May not be that you're missing it. Right? But what is that person believing? We only control our will. Not someone else's. But God is faithful. So the issue is that we do not sometimes know his will concerning the circumstances. You know, we can base it off what somebody else may say, but do we really believe it ourselves? You know, my mom growing up, she a godly woman, would quote all types of scriptures, knew the word of God, would speak the word of God. And, and, and you know, just because of what I would hear from her, you know, I would say things and, and, and attempt to do things, but it wouldn't work for me because I'm basing it off what mama said. And thank God what mama said, but if I don't believe the word of God that mama's saying, then it won't work for me. No matter who says it. No matter who says it, it won't work, you know. And we, 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 you know, as a child of God, you know, we, we shouldn't accept things just because it's, it's placed before us. You know, if it's, if it's something that, you know, that causes us to compromise, you know, God's, our belief in God's faithfulness to us. You know, just don't accept it, even if because someone else is. What, what have we heard? Can, what has he spoken to us? You know, no, no matter if it's happening in someone else's life, we hold fast. The word of God wouldn't tell us to hold fast to that which is good because he's faithful that promised. But we have to choose to hold fast to it, lay hold of it. And not accept anything different. It may look good. It may even taste good. But it doesn't mean it's God. You know, and as Pastor Shannon and I talk about, oftentimes that counterfeit does come. Especially when we're believing God. And the counterfeit is not always evil. But it doesn't mean it's God. I love me some cheese grits. I'm from the South. My mama used to make some awesome cheese grits, but every now and then, every now and then, I get a little lump in those grits. I can't stand a lump in my cheese grits. So I can't, but my mama used to make them little man and my wife, Stacy, make some real good cheese grits, creamy cheese grits. Oh. Get that spoon, man. Some grits in that bowl. Nice cream of cheese grits. Take a slice of butter that's about an inch and a half thick. 
whop that thing right there in the middle of them dead cheese grits and let that butter just snuggle in in them cheese grits and melt all on the side. Sprinkle a little salt and pepper there. <laughs> and you know them cheese grits. I don't see how some of y'all eat grits that stick to the spoon. That ain't no, that you got to bite. What you biting grits for? You don't bite no grits. You ship those grits. You, you know, you know I, I pick them grits up and, 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 and do that spoon like that, and it just falls down real creamy. Now, that's some real good. But if you hear that plop, or I put them cheese grits in my mouth, and I feel that ball running around, I can't stand it. I can't stand that. I don't settle for that. I can't stand it. I remember one time my mom had to go. One of my uh, siblings was in the hospital, so my mom had to go to the hospital uh, for my sister and so her younger sister came over and it was on a, a Sunday and so she's gonna fix us some cheese grits you know but she didn't fix those grits like my mama her grits had lumps in them and I remember as a little boy so I said auntie I don't eat no lump of cheese grits she goes no nah, you eat those I go no I'm not eating those lumpy cheese grits and, you know, being the youngest of the six kids, you pretty much ate what sat before you, or you didn't eat at all. But I didn't eat no lump of cheese grits. I just didn't like it. And what I'm saying is that we settle sometimes. You say, ah, I just go ahead and go for it. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is accepting it. And it may not be what I'm believing for, but I'll settle for this. Don't settle for one lump of that. If it's not what he said that he's going to do for you, don't settle for it because God is faithful. Don't let that Ishmael be born. He's faithful to his word. If he spoke it to you, that's what's most important. If he spoke it to you, don't settle for anything else. Because it's hard for someone else to believe what he spoke to you. He spoke it to you. And he's faithful to bring it to pass for you. See, it's hard for somebody else to believe something that God spoke to you. But if he spoke it and you know he, do, he did, hold on. Hold fast to that. It's for you. People are not going to understand it. They may call you a fool until it's manifested. Amen. Look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, and uh, in verse number, we'll, we'll look at verse number 6. You knew where I was going, didn't you? Uh-huh. The word of God is so awesome. In verse number 6, it says, For I am the Lord. I do not change. Notice, and I like to look at what the word does not say oftentimes, not just by what it says. Notice it doesn't say, I am your Lord. It says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. So we determine, although he is Lord, but we determine if he's Lord. We choose to make him Lord. We choose, we determine if he's Lord. He already knows he's Lord. But do we place him as Lord? In other words, just like what I shared during the offering, do we allow him to take the lead? Do we allow him to hold our hand? Is he Lord 
over our circumstances? Is he Lord over every incident that we may be facing? So he says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Therefore, you are not consumed. Because we choose to make him Lord, we are not consumed. Because we choose to walk with him in the fire, through the rivers, through the waters, we're not consumed. Because we choose to count him as faithful, we're not consumed. We don't drown. When it seems like he's not faithful, he's faithful. And I know that if I walked around here this, this morning and, and gave the mic to most of you, you can share a story or something that has happened in your life when you thought that he wasn't going to come through, but he did. Ooh-wee. When you even doubted, question, but because of his faithfulness, you came through. Because of his goodness, you came through. God is good, regardless of our circumstances. So how can we believe in someone who is unstable or changes? What is the basis of our faith? How can we trust in our, our, our whole of eternal life in his promises? So listen, we're born again. If you're born again, you accepted him as Lord, as Savior. We believe, we confess Jesus as Lord. We, we trust our eternal future in him. What are we basing that on? We're basing that on his faithfulness. So listen, if we got eternal life taken care of in Christ Jesus, how much more is he faithful in your circumstance? If you're covered for eternity in him, how much more? In Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, we've read that. Verse 9, it says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when we came to Jesus, we were, listen, nobody came knowing that they had it all together. We all came in need of a Savior. Lord, save me. I need you. And all we did was believe in his faithfulness to secure our eternal future. So how much more, if it's, we're taking care of for eternity, how much more are we taking care of in these small situations that we're facing in life as we're going along? He's faithful for our eternal future. He's faithful for our present. So the faith, our faith is based upon what or who we believe God is in and to us, his love to us, who we are in him. God wants us to be confident. Do we believe on what we feel, our emotions, or what God promised? 
what he promised in his word. How could we be confident in prayer if we are not confident in the faithfulness of God? So we can just come boldly, confidently to him based on what he said, his promises. That's why we shouldn't take light the, the word of God. This is, this is our map. This is our, this is our guide. Jesus said that he will take from this and reveal it to you. He will take this word, as a lot of us have experienced, in the midst of a circumstance, and the word just rises up within us. And he guides us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In, in verses 14, I'm not going to read it all, but verses 14 through 21, he goes through all these different things that, that Paul's ta- saying here. Uh, verse 16, that rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Do not quench uh, the spirit. Verse 20, do not despise prophecy. It's like 12 or 13 things that he says here. Verse, uh, finishing up with verse number 22, abstain from, from the, every form of evil. Then he says in verse number 23, now, say now, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is, he who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. Who also will do it. It's already done, but he will do it to the point of manifesting it in your life. Because he's faithful. And he cannot lie. That's that's who he is. First uh, Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten. Look at. Let's start with verse number twelve. It says, "Therefore, let him who thinks he stands in himself or herself, who thinks he stands in himself, take heed lest he fall." No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So so it's not him, listen, this is important, it's not him that's putting the temptation on you. It's not him that's putting the load on you. But remember what we talked about, what we shared in Isaiah 43. You know, you're in the rivers. You're in the water. You're in the fire. And then this verse is talking about, you know, the load that's on you. The temptation that he's not putting on you. He can't tempt you and deliver you at the same time. He doesn't tempt. James says that. But while you're in the midst of it. While you're in the midst of the fire, while you're in, as you're keeping your eyes on him like Peter did initially when he walked out of the boat, stepped out of the boat on the water, he was tempted. That wasn't Jesus tempting him with the storm. 
But as he kept his eyes on Jesus, that was his way out. As he walked and kept his eyes on Jesus. So it's not the temptation. No temptation has overtaken you such as has come to man, but God is faithful. But Paul mentions this in verse number two. He says, therefore, listen, listen, let him or her who thinks they stand in themselves take heed, take heed, lest you fall because you're not going to stand by yourself when temptation comes, when the load comes. Take heed that I'm with you. Take heed that I'm faithful. Take heed that I'm holding your hand. I'm the one that's keeping you from falling. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted. So we, we, we get that mixed up and say, well, God is allowing you know, me to be tempted. He's not allowing you to be tempted. In this life, you are going to have temptation tests and trials. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have overcome it. So as we're walking in this life, it's the stuff that's around us trying to make us think that he's not faithful and he's not going to come through this particular time. Take heed. Take heed. What, what are we focusing on? What are we looking at? His faithfulness. His love. And in the midst of the temptation to quit, to throw in the towel, to give up, to say he's not going to come through, he walks us through the fire. Amen? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. He, uh, he's not the one who's tempting us, as I said, in any way, shape, or form. He is the one who is keeping us from sinking. So in that moment of temptation, we have to make sure we look, focus on who we're looking at. Make sure we pay attention to who we're focusing on. We have to take heed to that. You know, um, sometimes, you know, things happen. And uh, in, in our lives, and, we, and we, we do, and I know I have, I've cried out to God, and I've realized, wait a minute, did I, did I seek him first? Did I acknowledge him first concerning, is this his will? And I believe it's in Joshua chapter 9, and Joshua chapter 9 and 10, when Joshua had just taken over, you know, as a leader for the, the children of Israel, and that the, the tribe of Gideon, I think it was, came to him. These guys, you know, they, 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 they messed their clothes up and they tore their wineskin. They, they, and they approached Joshua and said, hey, you know, we hear about, you know, what God's doing through you all and all the mighty works that he's doing through you all and everything. And so make a covenant with us. And, and Joshua's, uh, um, Joshua made a covenant with them without seeking the Lord first. That's what the word of God says. In other words, he didn't seek God first and come to find out these guys. And Joshua even said to him, they questioned him, said, what if you are our neighbors? Come to find out they were their neighbors and they disguised themselves. But because he didn't seek God, they made a covenant with them. And of course, when these guys were attacked, they said, hey, hey, we're being attacked. Come help us out. 
But what's beautiful about that, if you read that in Joshua chapter 9, I think it's uh, chapters 9 and 10, is that even when Joshua missed it, God was still faithful and he delivered them. Even when you miss it, God is faithful. So we don't go away from him even when we miss it intentionally. No matter what habit or, or, or things you're struggling with or mistakes you've made, continue to go towards him. Nothing catches him by surprise. He's faithful to you. And as he did with these guys, he delivered them even when they didn't acknowledge him. They didn't seek his counsel first. He got them out of the trouble. Why? Because he's faithful. That's so important that we realize that even when we miss it, it doesn't catch God by surprise. You know? It doesn't catch him by surprise. In Hebrews chapter 4, turn to Hebrews chapter 4, and we see another area where where I was just talking about in reference to his faithfulness. In verse number 14, it says, Seeing then that we have, we have a high priest who has passed through the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, listen, let us choose To hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us, he's talking to the believers, let you come boldly, say boldly, to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We don't need grace to help. If we're not in a time of need, if we haven't missed it, he said, even when we miss it, don't look at yourselves or look at ourselves within ourselves and judge God's faithfulness. Even when we miss it, go towards him. He's faithful. And I often think, you know, because I got a lot. Listen, I got a lot of whoopings when I was a kid. I know some of y'all may not believe in spanking your kids and putting the belt on their butt, but my parents did. And I believe I'm okay a tad bit, but I was a runner. You know, when I would hear my mom say, boy, didn't I tell you? Or she would do a lip like this and say, Lord Jesus, I knew she was going to get the belt. And I would take off running. Little boy, where am I going? We lived in a cul-de-sac, and I, you know, it was we. Would, my, they would always leave the front door open and be a screen door there, and so you know, I go to take off running down the hallway, and she'll yell for one of my brothers and sisters to grab me. And I'll get through them and hit the door, and I'm down the driveway, you know, running. Ah! My mom never chased me. She never chased me. I'll just stand there in the, in the middle of the cul-de-sac and cry. She goes, "You might as well come in here," you know. Gotta face it. Then what am I going to do? Like, take my little piggy bank and, and, and go to a hotel and say, hey, hey, I want to get a room for tonight. My mama done got that belt again. She's coming after me. No. She never, she never, she never chased me. But I would run away from her. And I would think about this and concerning this scripture. You know, when we miss it, God, it's, it's okay. Go to him. He's faithful. He's just. He forgives. You know, one time I, my dad was getting ready to, 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 to put the belt on me and I took off running. From him. And I looked back and my dad was chasing me. <laughs> and my dad was like six feet, 240, you know. And it had just finished raining. 
And here I go running and crying down the driveway into the cold. And I look back, my dad's behind me. You know, my brother and I, we grew up playing football. And it, it was just finished raining. I'm running, and the neighbor's outside saying, Run, Tater Baby, run! Run, Tater Baby, run! And I'm like, Aah! And I look back, and my dad's reaching for me. So I bust one of my football moves, you know. I cut. And my dad, as he reached for me, he slipped. Ooh. Where else did I have to run? I ran back towards home, and my dad's chasing me, you know. And I was just running. It felt like my legs wasn't touching the ground. And because it my legs wasn't touching the ground, my dad caught up with me, you know, and he grabbed me and he just lifted me up. My little leg was just running in there like that. And I'm almost 54 years old, and I'll never forget that day. I never ran from my dad again. <laughs> he just picked me up, my leg just kept running in midair. He took me in the house. And I think about that, you know, when I read that scripture, God never wants us to run away from him. He wants us to come boldly. He, you know, God doesn't condemn. Satan condemns. We may try to condemn ourselves, but he's faithful and just. He's faithful and just. So we should come boldly. You may have been, you know, just saying, you know what, this, this, this is something that I'd never be able to get out of. He's not faithful in this situation. I, I'm not faithful. This is difficult. I've been in it for a long time. But don't go away from him. Go towards him. He's not sitting up there saying, hey, listen, listen, you done did it again. And he's looking at Jesus. Look, look, here, here come to you again. He done messed up again. And Jesus is not standing there saying, look, all I've done for you and this is how you treat me. No, he's not. He's wanting us to come boldly because he's faithful. He's wanting us to come boldly because he's faithful. You know? You may be saying, it's like, well, you know, I've, I've, I've been in this for years. I've, you know, I, don't, I can't. I can't control this. Or is he going to come through for me? I've missed it. Go towards him. Not away from him. Allow him to walk with you in the fire. Allow him to prove himself faithful. In your circumstance. Allow him to love you when you don't want to love yourself. Allow him to show himself faithful through you. Just take one step at a time. Let's stop looking at our, our watches and looking at our calendars to determine God's faithfulness. Oh, he didn't show up on this day or it's past the time. As some of the old folks used to say, he may not come when we want him, but he's always on because he's faithful to keep his promise. He's faithful to keep his word and the word of God says unto a thousand generations. That's how faithful he is. We can't we can't outlive his faithfulness here on this earth. I don't care how long you live. He's faithful to you personally. Personally he's faithful. So let us in the same book, Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold fast to our confession of faith without wavering. Because he is, he is, not will be, he is faithful 
who promised God is faithful he loves you he's he wants to guide you he wants to lead you he wants us to hook up with him and walk with him through all the storms of life we can choose to do that and it's not as difficult as it may seem as we choose to set our focus on him I know there's a many times I came through something and it's like man that that wasn't as bad as I thought it didn't turn out as bad as I thought it would but see things happen throughout our life things situations come people come people go you know life change seasons change but God never changes he remains faithful to his word to his promise so maybe you you, you drop something you know it's like you know what this is not going to happen. I've let it go for years. Pick, pick that back up. If you know that he spoke to you concerning it, pick it back up because he never let it go. It's his word that he spoke to you. And allow him to bring it to pass in your life. All we have to do is believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. We thank you that you are faithful. You cannot lie. You cannot fail. It's impossible for you to fail. You are faithful. And you want to show yourself faithful through and to us. We yield to your faithfulness. And in that faithfulness is your love, your peace, your wisdom your direction, your rest in the midst of a storm. In your faithfulness and our reliance of your faithfulness to and through us, you guide us, cause us to step out of the boat when no one else will. So we give you praise and glory for that. You know, as I mentioned earlier, one of the most important things you can do is, is trust God and his faithfulness concerning your eternal future. And if we do not have a relationship with him, whether you're sitting here or watching online, you know, you watch it online, you can text the word prayer to the number that's on your screen. We, you have that choice because of what Jesus did for us to have that relationship with him by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. So all you have to do is just confess him as Lord. Receive him as Savior. And he says he will in no wise turn you away, or cast you away. So just in your heart say, Jesus, receive me. Accept me as your child. I receive you as Lord. You can have my eternal future with you. Hallelujah.